Hello, and welcome to The Shift Zone. I'm your host, Val Dorsey. This podcast provides tips and tools to help you shift your mindset and shift your actions to both activate and step into your zones of personal and professional success. Are you looking to shift out of debt? Or are you looking to shift into a better financial relationship with money? If so, this episode is for you. Today, I sit down with Myra Alejandra Garcia, debt-free Latina, and she tells us how she shifted into financial freedom. Now, I know we've all had our issues with money, but if you are looking to build a better financial future, the truth is your finances won't shift unless you do. Hello, hello. Today we have joining us Myra Garcia. Hello, Myra. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Mel. Before we start, I have one question. Are you ready to step into the zone? I am. Okay, Myra, why don't you start by telling the audience a little bit about yourself before we get deep into what we're going to discuss today? Of course. My name's Myra Garcia. I was born and raised in East LA. I'm a wife and mother of two. I'm a financial coach and I love helping families get out of debt and build wealth. First of all, let me tell y'all something. If you don't know, I've known Myra for a while. She's a really good financial literacy educator and she has a lot of programs that's beneficial for you all. So make sure you pay close attention to what she's saying because she knows what she's talking about. Myra, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because in my upcoming book that I'm writing right now, one of the things I talk about is financial success. The book is about helping people get into their zone of success. And I know one of the things they measure more than anything else is financial success. But I also know that it's hard for people to shift into that place where they have financial freedom, especially if they're in a lot of debt or if they're just bad with money. So I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about your story and how you became the debt-free Latina. Well, I started my debt-free journey in 2010, and that's when it was a church group, a small church group that we were going through Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey. And I was in a house I couldn't afford, I had a credit card for every single store you can think of. We had student loans. It was just, you name it, we had it. And it was really stressful. And and I thought it was normal. And I knew that there was more. I knew that I was lacking knowledge. And one of the things that we did was we dove in. My husband and I were able to really unite and build this community of people, right? So our group was meeting every day and we had a little Facebook group and we were constantly helping each other. But what I did was I was willing to read all the books and I was Googling things and I wanted feedback on this guy because I didn't know much about Dave Ramsey, but I was like, he resonates with me. And so we're all participating in this group. Every week we would meet and watch the videos. And so one of the things that really, I had no knowledge of how to manage my money at that moment. I really did 
dive in and had this focus intensity that really helped me. And so when I created my budget and I did a template for the next two years, because I that's what roughly it was going to take us to get out of debt. We were able to get out of debt in 17 months versus 24 months. And we were able to do that with different things, right? I mean, my husband got a second job. And so he did things that enabled us to get to our goal quicker. Go ahead. Let me jump in and ask you this question because there's something that I noticed that you said. You said being in debt was normal for you at that point before you got your finances together. So why was it normal? What was stuck in your mindset that made being in debt normal? Well, how else do you get a car? I never saw somebody pay for it cash. I never saw like somebody pay a house outright. These things, you just get into debt. You just look at your income and see if you can make the payment. I mean, that's just the way I saw my mother do it. That's the way I grew up. And so I thought it was normal. I didn't think outside the box. I I never knew. It was was one of those things like you don't know what you don't know. So now I was eagered. I was beyond eagered. I wanted to learn all the things about money. And it became a passion for me. Obviously, you were in debt. Like you said, you had a credit card for every day of the week. And I know I've been there as well. Was there any kind of triggering moment that made you say, hey, we've got to do something? When I saw the sign at church that said Financial Peace University was coming in the next couple of weeks and that class was going to be there, I remember that day being really stressed about a couple of bills. And I just remember thinking, financial peace. Like, what does that even mean? Like, I thought that was like an oxymoron. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, what in the world is that? Like, you can actually have financial peace? And, and I remember actually that night mentioning it to my husband and we had a huge fight. It was a huge argument over, you know, we're fine. He he thought everything was fine and we didn't need to attend this class. And and this is actually fairly normal in a lot of my clients. It, it, it really takes time to come together with your spouse and agree that there is something that needs to be done or that there's even a problem. Let me just tell you a little bit of my truth. I can remember when I first got to the point where I said, hey, I just have to get a control of my finances because I'm not watching the way I spend. I'm not saving. I'm not investing. And it takes a lot of focus to force yourself to sit down, to look at your numbers, to look at where you are financially, to look at your income, look at all of your debts and to try to come up with a plan. And I noticed that you talked about focus intensity. How is it that a person gets to the place where they can be focused on their finances? Because sometimes it's scary. I think it's just when you look at it and you're you're in a bad financial position, sometimes it can be scary or, you know, there's something in you that wants to procrastinate on it. But I think it's almost just something that you have to do if you want to get better. So what advice 
can you give to someone to help them shift to that place of focus where they can just sit down and take a look at what they have going on financially? I think that it's scary and there's shame around this. So what I have shared with my clients about this process is that it doesn't all have to be done at once. I think that when you think about your finances and you think about how much am I, have I invested, how much do I have in debt, how much do I need to save for my future, it, it just all becomes so overwhelming because you feel like you have to do it all at once. And I know one thing that you always say, and I've seen it in your literature, that financial freedom is not a sprint. I think you said something to the effect of it's a marathon and it's an ongoing thing and you kind of basically have to stick with it and just follow through and you have to continue to monitor. Yeah. Because would you agree that the minute you stop monitoring your finances and stop being financially aware of your circumstances that you can fall back into overspending, not budgeting. Would you agree with me on that? 100%. Yes, that is true. I think that you have to commit to a certain amount. I look at my finances at least once a week. And that just became a habit for me after I learned that it does take consistency, right? So I had to decide on what was manageable for me. And so that could be every two weeks for some, every time you get paid, it could be once a month, whatever it is that you decide, you have to decide and put it on the calendar and make an appointment with yourself to sit and do this work. Because If I do 10 to 15 minutes every week, it's going to be an hour every month if you sit down and just decide to do it once a month. And and I agree with you because I remember when I first started doing it myself, I put it on my calendar as 4 p.m. on Sundays to just take a look at my numbers and, you know, to make sure I knew where I was and also to try to become more aware of my net worth, you know. All of the numbers that you need to have a complete financial picture. But I want to talk about something that I find really interesting and I think is very beneficial for the listeners. A lot of people think that you have to make a ton of money to be financially free. That is the furthest thing from the truth, because when I look at a lot of the financial coaches and a lot of the people who have been very successful, yes, they may be making more money now, but they started off when they were making like $30,000 a year and they were still able to save and build wealth. So can you talk about that a little bit more? Absolutely. So I completely agree with that statement. You know, I've been very open about sharing our financial situation. My husband and I have a combined income of under six figures. And we've never hit that threshold and we hope too soon, but we have never hit six figures as a family, as a family of four. And, you know, we've been at this for 11 years since we started our journey. And I would say it enabled us to start investing and to get us on the right track, right? But having a six-figure income isn't everything. You can still live modestly and you can still live a really good life and have all of your needs met and beyond with, you know, a 50 to 
$100,000 income. I think it just depends on your choices. It depends on your lifestyle. And, and it really all becomes choices. I don't like to use the word sacrifices because it, it really just becomes a choice if you really break it down. And I like that because you don't have to be rich to have financial freedom. That's right. You can be comfortable. You can have peace. You can meet your needs. You can pay your bills. You can save. You can invest and not have financial stressors without being a really rich or wealthy person. And I think that a lot of people, their mindset tells them that financial peace is out of reach. And it's almost like you kind of have to shift your mindset to a point where you know financial freedom is within your reach, despite the fact that you may not be making the income that you want right now. One of the things I also want to talk about is just the instant gratification. I know that failure to budget and overspending gets a lot of us in trouble because we want that instant gratification of buying that purse that we want or the instant gratification of buying the car that results in the long-term financial strains. So talk about how important it is to be patient and to be patient enough to strategically plan for your financial future. I think that when we acknowledge that we have more wants then we will ever be able to pay for. That's when you can like own that you will always want more and that finances are finite. Like that there's just so much you you make and you have to make that work. So what are the choices you are going to make and what are you going to prioritize? Because you can still buy some of your wants. You can still get some of the things that you would like just to buy, right? But you're not just you're just not going to have everything that you want. And so when you see it that way and you start selecting and prioritizing what's important is your future important is your kids education important. And so once you start putting that priority list together and then you can see okay this want I can get it on a future date. It doesn't have to be right now, but I can plan for it in the future. I think that we all have to come to that agreement, right? That You'll always have more wants than what you can afford. And when you talk about planning, I know that one thing that you did with your husband is that after you initially got out of debt, you planned for the next two years. You set in motion a plan for the next two years of your life to be able to make sure that, hey, we're going to stay on the right path, even though we've paid off all of our debt, we've sold our house and I think you stated it, or maybe I read that you had moved into an apartment, but you still continued to plan because you had a long-term goal. So talk about the importance of the long-term goals. I think it's really important to know where you're going and have that vision, right? So in the next two to five years, that's like what I would call a short-term goal. I, I, I think a lot of us may see it as long-term, but it really is, I mean, a blink of an eye, a year will just fly by. So when we were looking at selling our home, we knew we wanted to be homeowners again. And the only way I was able and willing 
to sell my home, even though I was stressed out, was if we have a plan that we can follow, I will sign these documents. So that's how I presented it to my husband. And he was more than willing to go for it with me. He's like, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's get, let's get it done. And so we sat together. It took us five hours. So that's a commitment, right? I mean, that's a long time to sit at a table and plan out every detail of every single paycheck for the next two years. That does. That takes a lot of commitment and commitment is something that knocks a lot of people out. They don't want to be committed because commitment You know, people tend to look at it in a negative sense, like, hey, if I sit here five hours, I'm going to miss out on something else that I want to do. But they don't really look at the benefits that being committed will bring you. Now, Myra, there's one other thing that I've been thinking about that's an issue with shifting into financial success, and that is the art of comparison, keeping up with the Joneses. Please, can you tell the audience how dangerous it is to compare yourself to other people and to try to keep up with the Joneses? Well, the Joneses are broke. (laughs) I mean, that's just what it comes down to. I mean, you're not going to be, if you want to keep up with the Joneses, you're going to end up just like them, broke. So it, it just comes down to, you know, everybody wants the latest and greatest, and that's okay if you can afford it or you can plan for it or, you know, it's, I'm not saying deprive yourself of everything. That's not realistic either. You need to live. We have children, we have kids and activities and we want to give them, you know, a well-rounded childhood. And, you know, there are so many things that we look at when, when we're making these decisions. And when you look at the Joneses, grass isn't greener on the other side. It just isn't. And if you don't see that there's tension because they're in debt up to their eyeballs, let me guarantee you, if people are have the latest car, the latest house, the latest purse, but you know that they don't make enough to you know, live that lifestyle, let me tell you, they have a lot of fear. And and people just don't talk about it, you know, you shove it under the rug and, you know, we'll deal with it later. And you know what? And what I always say about the Jones is, is that people never know what a person's financial situation is like, truly. They know what they see. But like you said, the Joneses may be broke or the Joneses may look as if they have everything figured out, but they probably don't have a five-year plan you know, like yourself, a two-year plan like you and your husband had. The Joneses are not sitting down, figuring out how to invest, how to save for their children's college, how to, you know, just save more so that you can do other things that you want to do in the future. They're just spending money. And a lot of times they're upside down in their obligations. So I just think that, You know, we've talked about a couple of things, but I know that comparison, always wanting to keep up with the other person can be something that will keep you in a position where you don't obtain that financial success. I wanted to add something to that. So I think that another thing that is counter to, you know, the comparison is I wake up and I really try hard in just thinking about something that I'm grateful for. And that is like the actual opposite of comparison. And so when you're grateful, like for me, I I would say once a week, every single time I walk into the grocery store, I look at the 
um, produce department. And I always thank God. And I just say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to select whatever it is that I want and giving me the ability to buy whatever I want to eat. Right. These right. are things that when, you know, when I, I, I've gone to Mexico, I've gone to other countries and they don't have that ability sometimes. And how awesome is it that we here in the U.S. can walk into a grocery store and almost buy anything we want to eat? Yeah, we're we're very lucky. And I always tell people that the minute I find myself thinking, oh, I don't have this, I often say that's the time to shift from grievances to gratitude. And once you make the shift from grievances to being grateful for the things that you have, it puts you in a totally different mindset. It puts you in a different frame of thinking. And being in that different frame of thinking is going to cause you to act different. So we've talked about comparison. We've talked about gratitude. We've talked about planning, focus, vision. Is it anything else, any other advice that you could offer the listeners to help shift them to a more financially free lifestyle? I would love to just chime in on something that I always go to when I'm teaching about just finances and anything in life that we might be struggling with. The Seven Areas of Life by Zig Ziglar. I always go to that because when I look at that wheel and it's a wheel of life, right? Right. There's one area you tend to be really strong in and there's one area you tend to be really weak in that you need assistance and coaching and to develop that, right? So I would always say partner with someone that is really strong where you lack or where you're weak and where you need help and assistance because we all have different gifts and we were put on this earth to share them. And so when you, for example, if you find that finances just in general is really tough, find someone that you trust that is able to sit with you and walk you through the process of building a budget, of getting organized, and so on. Same goes to, you know, if you struggle with your physical ability or physical fitness and so on. There's so much that I look at that real and it's like, I'm really strong in one, but I actually need help in all other six areas. Right. And and that's okay. And I can admit to it because I am not physically fit, but I need some help, you know? So I know that I can partner with people that are really strong there that can give me wisdom and that can guide me through the process of getting healthier and so on. So there's no shame in not knowing or, you know. And having a financial coach, there's nothing wrong with it. And you don't have to be a rich person or a wealthy person to go out and hire someone to educate you about your finances, because that may be the key. That may be the one thing that you need to help you shift out of debt and into financial freedom. So, you know, that just may be one thing that you need, because I know there are some things that I need, even as a professional, even as someone who makes a six-figure salary, I still need help in areas of my life. I want to ask you if someone was looking to make that first step to do that first thing to start getting control of their finances, what would you suggest? 
I would suggest a budget is the foundation of all of it. So if you don't know where your money's going, you are not going to be able to get control of the situation. So if you're interested in having a template, something to work with, you can download it at debtfreelatina.com forward slash budget. You can go on there and it'll automatically send you a template. And what about any education or courses that you would suggest that people can take to just familiarize themselves with financial terms? Because there are just a lot that people don't know. I would say there's a lot of books that are amazing. I would recommend The Complete Guide to Money by Dave Ramsey was one that really helped me understand just how it all works together. Of course, there's total money makeover if you're looking to get out of debt and that's the specific area that you want to focus on. There's quite a bit of resources on his website as well. And I would say he was my go-to and I, I really do trust his guidance. It has helped me for 11 years and hasn't failed me. So I have lots of respect for Mr. Ramsey. We've talked about the courses and we've talked about setting a budget, but I want to talk about one thing and I want you to give the audience some advice on what they need to do mentally to prepare themselves and to stay in that place where they can be on top of their finances. Because I personally backslid a couple of times, <laughs> you know, you, you get all excited about it and then you get busy with life and work and kids. So what is something that you can do to just make sure that you stay on top of it? Find an accountability partner that is going to check in with you. If you know that you have a tendency of falling off, you need someone there to support you when you slack off or fall off the wagon because we all do. It's it's just, you know, some some do it longer periods than others. But when you have someone that's checking in and that's doing it in a loving manner, you're most likely to get right back to it and continue the course. And let me just make this clear. This episode is not just for the people that are struggling financially. This is for people who may not be struggling financially because when you start to make more money and you are able to spend, you have a higher tendency to overspend and not save. So I just want to point out that it's also important for those of you listening that are not necessarily financially strained to make sure that you know where your money is going, to make sure that you're not overspending, that you're saving an appropriate amount of the income that you're bringing in every month. Because I think people that people that make more spend more. And you can have a person with a higher net worth that makes less money than you because you're spending all of your money and you're not investing in anything that can add to your worth. So I just wanted to make sure that I say that. Myra, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Number one, can you tell me one word that describes you and why? I would say I'm a leader. That's the first word that came to my mind. I've been able to mentor and 
really support women in my community and I just love being able to pour into them, especially those that are just a couple years younger than I am. And I just feel so blessed to be able to support women around me. So the next question is, and and I'm going to say the reason I asked this question is because I want people to understand that even with myself and the guests on the show, we're all just a work in progress. And when I talk about the shift zone, it is not a one-stop shop. We have to continue working on ourselves. And even when we get to a place where we feel like we're in that zone of success, life will come and knock us out. And we have to make the necessary shifts to get back. So if you can think of one shift that you need to make, maybe it's not financial. What is one thing that you feel like you need to work on or one shift that you're making in your life to be the best version of you? A shift I need to make is getting my health in a better place. I've always struggled. I get on and I fall off and it's, you know, when you said about consistency, it's like I can be consistent in so many areas of my life, but yet this one is the hardest for me. You know what? It's like that. It's like that with each and every one of us. We all have something at all times that we can work on. And like you said, we're not always strong, but the thing to do is to work on yourself and continue to educate yourself, surround yourself with the right people and put yourself in the right circumstances and make sure that you, you know, focus and keep your peace so that you can put yourself in a place where even if I fall off, I know how to shift back into my zone so that I can continue to be successful both personally and professionally. So keep working on those goals. Thank you. Now, Myra, I know I'm going to put your information. It's in the show notes, but I want you to tell everyone if they want to get in touch with Debt-Free Latina or if they're interested in any of your programs, how can they reach you? You can find me at DebtFreeLatina.com. I'm also on Instagram. Feel free to message me. I'm at DebtFree.Latina on Instagram. You do have a podcast. Tell them about your podcast in case anyone wants to follow, subscribe, or listen. Yes. So the Debt Free Latina podcast is on every major podcast player. Do you have a certain day where you drop episodes or do you podcast randomly or just whenever you feel like you have some gems to drop? I try to post every Tuesday. There are some weeks that I might fall off, but trying to be more consistent in that area as well. Myra, it's been a pleasure. I really appreciate you stepping in the zone. And I know that you said some things today that the listeners are going to really appreciate. And I know this is the first time, but this is not the last time we will have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great time. Thank you.